Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Final hour here on The Fan before we turn it over to Charlie and Dave in West Palm Beach for Nat Spring Training Live. They're going to be joined by DJ Hers and Stone Garrett tonight, so make sure you keep it tuned to the fan. Toby Altizer with you here. You can always tweet at me at Toby underscore Altizer. Feel free to call in as well. MGM National Harbor listener lines are open. 800-636-1067. So we talked about the pitchers, talked about the improvements, next steps we want to see from Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray. We'll move over to the hitting sides, and we'll start with Kaber Ruiz. And Kbert last year, 260, 308, 409 slash line, 717 OPS. Hit 17 homers, drove in 67, walked 31 times, had 58 strikeouts. So for him, the next thing that I need to see, the big thing for him that I need to see is he needs to improve defensively. He has to improve defensively. He was atrocious behind the plate last year. His fielding run value was in the first percentile of Major League Baseball for all catchers. His blocks above average, sixth percentile. Caught stealing above average, first percentile. Framing, third percentile. Pop time, fourth percentile. He has to improve behind the plates. I think offensively, you've seen enough to be confident that he can be a catcher that you depend on, but you haven't seen anything defensively to make you think that, especially last season. This is a guy that is known more for his bats, and it's not like he's bringing exceptional power. You know, hit 17 home runs last year. Maybe he's a 20-homer guy. Maybe he could get up to a 25. I don't think he would reach that 30-home run type threshold, but maybe I'm wrong. But he's never going to be that kind of a guy, and you don't need your catcher to be like that, but you can't have a catcher who I could steal on. (laughs) It felt like last year... Dudes were taken off anytime they got on first base, and they were going to steal. And I'm sure pitchers had a lot to do with it as well, but he just did not do well at all behind the plate throwing out runners. And you got to at least be able to do one of two things if you're a catcher. You've got to either frame or block, or 
You've got to throw runners out, and he did neither last year. The thing about modern catchers, framing is so important because they want you to be able to steal strikes because until they implement a electronic strike zone, you can continue to steal strikes by fooling the umpire, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's part of the game. It's something that catchers work on. Catchers have kind of changed stances over the years to improve on that. Guys now down on one knee more than ever so they can frame pitches, and that's fine. And I think you're going to start seeing that at a Cabert Ruiz. I think some of the talk this offseason that he was going to try some of that. He Last night he had a couple of catcher's interferences because of the fact that he was moving up closer to the plate to try to frame some stuff and make pitches look better. So they're tweaking it. They clearly understand that. But to me, if Cabert Ruiz continues to be the kind of catcher that he is, they're going to have to move him from behind the plates. And I think he's a good hitter. But if he's not going to be able to stick behind the plate, then you you lose a lot of value there. Because having a catcher that can hit like Cabert Ruiz is fine. Having a first baseman that hits like Cabert Ruiz, it's okay. But it, it doesn't move the needle. And it sucks because we're talking about Cabert Ruiz maybe having to move from behind the plate because of how bad he has been defensively. He's been fine offensively. And you're talking about Josiah Gray a guy who I like, we like JoJo, but maybe he's, what, a number three? And that's what you got for Max Scherzer on a rental and Trey Turner. Feels like you could have got maybe a little bit more, but either way, Cabert Ruiz really has to improve defensively. That's the big step that he has to take because offensively, like I said, 260 batting average last year for him, 308 on base. You'd like to see that a little higher, 409 slug. That's fine with me where he's at there for the 717 OPS. You'd like to see that a little bit higher, but I'm kind of fine where he was last year with his numbers. But the big thing for him that we saw last year, that if he can build off of it and do it a little bit more, I think can make a difference to allow him to take that next step as a hitter, is he needs to be more selective on his pitches. Because this is a guy that can make contact with the best of anybody in the league. He just makes contact with any pitch he swings at. His whiff percentage was in the 97th percentile. He doesn't swing and miss. Doesn't swing and miss, which is awesome. The issue is his chase rate was in the 9th percentile. He was chasing everything. So just because you can put the bat on the ball doesn't mean you swing at it. So he's got to be much more selective because he does have that incredible contact ability, but sometimes it's a flaw. You heard guys on the broadcast talk about that a bunch last year where It was almost a flaw in his game that he can put the bat on the ball just about anywhere because every pitch looks fine to him. And so he needs to be more selective on pitches. Just because you can put the the bat on the ball doesn't mean you swing at it. I need you to pick pitches that you feel like you can do damage with. And there was a stretch. I have to go back and look what exactly that stretch was. But there was a stretch for him where he was more selective. And he drew a little more walks. But mostly you started to see that power really come out. I think that's where you saw it because he was more selective. He was finding pitches that he could drive. He was letting pitches go that maybe he would usually swing at that he might roll over on or he might shoot to the other side. Instead, what he was doing was he was choosing pitches that he wanted to do damage with, and that's something that you want to see more of if you're looking for Cabert Ruiz. So for him, that big thing is he needs to be selective because just because he can put the bat on the ball with the best of them doesn't mean you swing at everything. So I'm interested to see with Cabert Ruiz if he can take that next step because 
I think that he has all the tools to do it offensively, but I'm not really worried offensively, like I just said. It's really the defense that worries me about Cabert Ruiz. And then C.J. Abrams is the next guy that I want to hit on here. C.J. took a huge step in the second half of last season. Really, that last series before the All-Star break and then the rest of the year, he had an incredible stretch once he was moved up to that leadoff spot. His totals for last year, he batted 245, on base of 300, slugged 412 for a 712 OPS, 83 runs scored, 18 homers, which I think surprised some people, 64 RBIs, 47 stolen bases, 32 walks, and 118 strikeouts. So you'd like to see him find a way to get on base a little bit more. You know, 300 on base percentage isn't exactly what you want out of a leadoff hitter. I don't really care how you get on base, but I'd like to see you get on base a bit more. Now, I don't want you taking away his power because that's something that makes him unique. And it's a shame more Nationals fans don't get to see Nationals batting practice. You know, I get to go over there and cover the team, so I've watched him take batting practice plenty of times. But usually, when the gates open for a game, the other team is taking BP. But C.J. Abrams has some sneaky pop. For a guy of his size, a guy that you think is more of that speed guy, like he was at 18 homers last year. I don't think it's crazy to obviously get him to that 20 number. Maybe he can get up to 25. And this is a guy that Fangraphs threw out a number of projections for different players, and they put a projection put a projection out for C.J. Abrams, and I think they had him at 35 stolen bases, maybe 40. I think he could steal 50 bags this year. And I don't think that's a crazy assumption because he threw stole 47 last year. So maybe it's 60 bags because this is a guy that didn't take off a whole lot in the first half. We were wondering, like, when's he going to start taking off? When's he going to get that green light on the base pass? Because this is a guy that's supposed to be a difference maker on the base pass. When's he going to get that chance? And they finally unleashed him when they put him in that leadoff spot. And I really like that Davey did that because that's something that's kind of slept on with Davey Martinez. You know, we talk about his managing ability and what he can do. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of his style and the way he manages in games, whether it's the pitching changes, whether it's how he constructs his lineups. You know, I'm not always a fan of Davey Martinez, the in-game manager. But what I do like, and I think it's a reason why they won the World Series in 2019, is I think he's an incredible leader, and I think he's great at motivating the guys. And so... It only been a couple of games, but I asked Davey, like, you know, what you see from CJ and what what have you seen that you like it, about him in the leadoff spot? And he told him he went up to him and challenged him and said, "Look, CJ, you know, the, the next step in your career, I see you as a leadoff hitter. I'm going to put you in that spot. I'm going to pencil you in there every single day. Go take ownership of it. This is what it entails. Go do it." And last year, you saw him take a huge leap. And if we look just at some of his monthly totals, you want to see more consistency out of him for sure. But if you just look at his monthly totals last year, you really saw this guy start to take off once he was finally moved up to that leadoff spot, and especially in the month of July. So, you know, that all-star break is somewhere around that time frame, right? End of July. He took a huge leap in July. In 25 games, he had a 327 batting average, a 391 on base, 500 slug for an 891 OPS. Now, he came back down to earth in August and in September, and that batting average went from 327 down to 223 and 228. So you want to see a little more consistency out of C.J. Abrams? 
But he showed you in that month of July that he can be a real difference maker for this ball club, even in the leadoff spot, not just getting on base and running the bases. Because once he finally got unleashed in July, he stole 16 bags in July. He stole nine in or he stole 13 in August, and he stole nine in September and October. This guy was making a difference on the base paths. But not just that, he can make a difference at the plate with his power. So I think once he can find a little more consistency there, I think that's going to be his big thing. I think you saw last season the highest of highs with him is a all-star caliber shortstop that plays a good defense. you got to work on his arm a little bit, and we're going to talk more about that here in just a couple of minutes. But you got to work on some of the things defensively, but he showed you the flashes last year. And it almost makes you happy the way that it went, where you saw that there's a baseline where he can be a MLB shortstop. Maybe not a starting caliber shortstop on a good team, but you saw in the first couple months, all right, he's fine. He's not great, but he's fine. And then you saw the second half of the year, oh yeah, this guy could be a difference maker. And that's what you traded for. You know, you traded Juan Soto for difference makers. James Wood is looking like one through spring training, two home runs in two games. He's one of the top 15 prospects in all of baseball. A lot to be excited about there. But C.J. Abrams is looking like a difference maker. Mackenzie Gore is looking like a guy that maybe can be that difference maker in the pitching staff. So I think there's a lot to be excited about. I do want to continue talking about C.J. Abrams, but we're going to hit a break here. If you want to hop in and talk about the Nationals, feel free, 800-636-1067. The MGM National Harbor listener lines are open. Coming up at 6.30, though, I want to get into a different topic about the Nationals. Nats' ownership has drawn a lot of ire from fans, and rightfully so, I think, in a lot of ways. But I don't know that they're on the clock for me just yet. We'll talk about that coming up at 6.30. Keep it tuned to the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's over time on the fan. 
about 40 minutes. We'll turn it over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler down in West Palm Beach. And we'll be there next week. Grant Paulson, Danny Ruye, Ryan Clary, Darius Dameron, myself, down in West Palm Beach. Nat Spring Training Live coming up at 7 o'clock. We'll be joined by Stone Garrett, DJ Hers, to keep it tuned to the fan for that. Right now we're talking about C.J. Abrams. Feel free to hop in if you'd like, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet at me at Toby underscore Altizer. We've went through some of the other guys, the young four, as I've called them, on the the roster. Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, Cabert Ruiz. Talked a little bit about C.J. Abrams. But the big thing for him we talked about is consistency. Last year, his numbers in July were fantastic. The rest of the months were fine. Some of them were good. Most of them were so-so. You know, 225 average in March and April, which I am not one to subscribe to the theory that batting average doesn't matter, but I digress. May, he hit 247. June, he hit 216. August was 223. September and October was 228. So overall, it wasn't the best season possible. But that month of July showed you that he's got a lot of talent in there. And I don't necessarily need him to hit home runs all the time, too, if he's going to steal bags. My thing with him, we talked about it at the time, is I need you to kind of do one of two things. Like, if you're not going to hit home runs, then I need you to steal bags. If you are going to hit home runs, that's great. But I, I needed something. It took a little while but we finally started to see it once he got up into the leadoff spot. So I think with his bat, the main thing is he's just got to find a way to be more consistent and get on base by any means necessary. Like the difference in games when he's able to get on base to lead off an inning or just get on base period, the pressure it puts on a defense is huge. Dude had 47 stolen bases. I need to look at his stolen base percentage because he wasn't getting thrown out either. Like This is a guy that was able to swipe bags at a crazy rate. He was only caught stealing four times last season. Four times with 47 stolen bags. 47 of 51. It's a great rate. This is a guy, when he gets on base, he can steal second base with ease. So find a way to get on. You know, he only had a 300 on-base percentage. I don't know that I want to try and take some of the power away from his game. Like I said, seeing him hit a leadoff home run and pimp that thing is awesome. (laughs) He's got so much swag. It's awesome watching him play baseball. So I don't want to take that away. But he's also got to find a way to get on base more. So that means drawing some more walks. He only had 32 walks last year or just have a higher batting average. Whatever the case is, get that on base percentage up to 330. It would be awesome to get a 340, 350, somewhere around. Just get on base more and let your legs do the be the difference maker that they are. Puts a lot of pressure on that defense when he's on base. But the other thing that he needs to improve, because this is something that isn't going to be talked about a whole lot this offseason, but I think it's a big deal. And this can be said for anybody in the infield. The big difference between last year and the year before was their infield defense was actually competent last year. The year before, it was not. Last year, it improved greatly. And I don't think it's any coincidence that you had a solid first baseman in Dominic Smith to help out. Because if you look at just the numbers, 
for C.J. Abrams defensively. He's got great range. The things he's able to do is absolutely incredible. But he had 22 errors last year. 22. And I bet you he'd have 30-plus if Dominic Smith was not playing first base and you put somebody else over there. They don't have Dominic Smith this year. He's not going to be able to bail him out. They've got Joey Gallo, and they've got Joey Manessis. So he's going to have to improve. And this is something I think is interesting because C.J. Abrams has great range. His ability to get to the ball is one of the best in the league. When you watch this guy go track down a ground ball, he can go get it with the best in the league at the shortstop position. But it's almost like when he throws the ball, he doesn't fully trust where it's going. He's got a rocket arm. If you've watched him throw it across the diamond, you can see that he can let it rip. But you look at some of the metrics, and they don't love his arm as much. And to me, it seems like the reason is because he doesn't let it rip. He doesn't trust it. So you know how you try to throw it sometimes where instead of throwing it 100% and it could go a little wild, you only throw it about 80%. You talk about this with pitchers a lot. You know, you're not overthrowing. I don't, I'm not saying he needs to overthrow, but it almost felt like for him, he started steering it. Like, usually you want a guy throwing it, what, 85 90% at least? Don't overthrow it, but be accurate and get it over there. Him, it almost felt like he was throwing it like 70% because he was so worried, and he's bouncing throws over there because I think it felt like it it helped him a little bit be a little bit more accurate. I, I don't know if that's what he was trying to do, but it seemed like he was bouncing a lot of throws over there. He's going to have to work on that. Get the ball over there in the air. These guys aren't going to be able to pick it as well as Dominic Smith was. Dom Smith was a fantastic defender last year, and I know he wasn't great at the plate, but I think he really helped out in that infield defense. I think he helped Abrams because think about if CJ was coming off the year, especially in that first half. Think if he was continuing to struggle like he did in the first half, and instead of having, say, 12 errors, he had 18 errors. You don't think that would weigh on him? So I like the fact that they brought him in last year, and it's fine to move on from him now because he didn't give you much in the lineup. But they're going to have to improve their infield defense, and they're not going to get bailed out this year. CJ's not going to get bailed out this year. Luis Garcia at second base, he's not going to get bailed out this year. So I'm interested to see what happens with the infield defense overall because last year that was a huge difference. If you're a pitcher, especially we talked about Josiah Gray, we talked about JoJo, and he's not going to strike out absurd numbers of batters like you might see with Mackenzie Gore, like you've seen in previous years with Strasburg and with Scherzer and even Corbin at times and some of the other great pitchers that the Nationals have had throughout their time here. You're not going to see those crazy numbers, so you have to depend on the dudes behind you. And that's that infield. And frankly, in 2022, you couldn't trust that infield to get an out. <laughs> at times, it was tough to watch that team because they didn't even look like a professional baseball team with some of the defense that they were throwing out there. Last year, it was much more, much better, much more competent. And that's great. But now you've taken away a guy that saved a lot of errors at first base. And CJ's going to have to take that next step with his arm, especially. Because I don't think the glove is an issue. I think he can get to stuff. I don't think he's bobbling balls. I don't think that's the issue. I think it's really the arm with CJ. And I don't think the arm is an issue in the fact that he doesn't have the strength to get it over there and gun guys down. But he's going to have to make sure that he improves that accuracy. And Luis Garcia is the same sort of way. We saw him improve defensively at the beginning of the year where he's playing solid defense. 
and then it kind of disappeared. Kind of went back to the Luis Garcia you knew for years that was a liability at second base. So with Luis Garcia, he's going to have to really show something in spring training because he's not going to not have his spot. But Nassim Nunez has played well. Trey Lipscomb is kind of nipping at his heels now for that spot in the minor leagues. Like, his spot is not guaranteed. So he's going to have to continue to show that he's going to be able to be good defensively. He's going to have to hit. He's going to have to show more discipline, not just at the plate, but as a ball player overall in his preparation for games. So Luis Garcia is someone to watch if you're you know looking at spring training, some guys to watch. Luis Garcia is someone that... He's not guaranteed that second base position, even though he's probably penciled in there. The first couple games, what we've seen from Nassim Nunez, I mean, if nothing else, this guy can get step in and give you good defense, plug him in the nine hole, he'll steal some bags for you as well. Not a great hitter overall, but Luis Garcia is not guaranteed anything. But back to C.J. Abrams, I think the big thing for him is consistency at the plate. And then defensively, that next step for him, he's got to be able to throw it over there accurately. You've got to find a way to do it. Make it easy on your first baseman. Last year, he didn't make it easy on his first baseman, and it was fine because Dominic Smith excelled in picking the ball out of the dirt. This year, especially if Joey Manessis is over there, that ain't happening. (laughs) That ain't happening. And you don't want to see things derailed, games derailed, because you know not an easy ball is thrown away, but an out that you made last year that Dom Smith saved you on, you didn't take that next step in your development as a fielder and throwing over to first base. That's the one thing I want to see from C.J. Abrams this year defensively. Can he get the ball over there without bouncing it? Can he get it over there accurately without bouncing it? Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about Nat's ownership. I think a lot of people are frustrated with the news that came out this past week that Nat's ownership has basically taken the team off the market. People are frustrated that the learners haven't spent more money. I think there's a reason for it. Not defending the owners, but I think next year is the time where they really need to open up the checkbooks. We'll talk about it next. You're on the fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Final lap hour here. On the fan, Toby Altizer with you till we turn it over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler down in West Palm Beach. That spring training live comes up at 7 o'clock. They'll be joined by DJ Hers and Stone Garrett, so make sure you keep it tuned right here to the fan. So, something that I think is interesting that happened this past week was the Nationals' ownership basically saying, we're keeping the team. 
no longer on the market. And I know a lot of people have been frustrated with this team for not spending the last couple of years. And I understand it. You know, 2019 kind of set the bar for what this team wants. It's the bar for every team, but this team has now accomplished it with the World Series. And 2012 to 2019 was such a fun run. You don't want to go back to the years before that where it's just a slow rebuild. And so I fully understand why a lot of fans are frustrated that they're not opening up the checkbooks and signing, say, a Cody Bellinger this year or a Blake Snell or any free agent. You know, a Yamamoto joins the Dodgers, a Japanese pitcher who's a phenom. You didn't sign him. You weren't really in the market for him. I can understand the frustration, and I get it. But I don't know that where the team is at currently, the state of the team, I don't know that it made much sense to sign those kinds of guys anyways. Because to me, right now, the focus of this baseball team is on the young guys in this organization. And that's not just the four we just talked about. C.J. Abrams, Cabert Ruiz, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore. It's not just those four guys. It's the guys that haven't even made it to the bigs yet. It's James Wood. It's Brady House. It's Dylan Cruz. It's Robert Hassel. It's Trey Lipscomb. Yohandi Morales. Dalen Lyle. Go down the whole list of prospects if you want. It's kind of about those guys. And so when you're making moves, this is why I have no issue with some of the moves that Rizzo has made in years past. I would have loved for Jamer Candelario to have been able to stick around, but you trade him, you add DJ Hers, you, you tried it with the same sort of thing where you sign a one-year contract for a fairly affordable deal to a position that you can you can use. You, you need that position filled. You did it with Nelson Cruz. Didn't work out because Nelson struggled. Wasn't worth anything at the trade deadline, so he ended up sticking around. Jamer Candelario, he balled out. You end up with DJ Hers, Kevin Made. So that was a... A solid trade. DJ Hers at some point probably going to pitch for the Nationals this year. So you got something for that. They're trying it again somewhat with, with Joey Gallo this year. So those are the types of moves that they're making. I know a lot of people are frustrated because you look back and say, well, where's the Max Scherzer move like they did years ago? Where's the Jason Worth move like they did years ago? I don't know that it's the right time. You have to wait for the right time on these sorts of moves because, again, it's about the young guys. So I don't want to have a guy that I'm spending $20 million on in a spot where James Wood could potentially come up and take a spot. I don't want to have a guy that's doing that, that's making all that money that I can't take out of the lineup when Brady House is ready to come up. I want those guys to have free access when they are ready to come up to the big leagues to play. And hopefully, for James Wood and Dylan Cruz, hopefully that's pretty soon this year. Hopefully the same thing for Brady House, but um, you know he's a little bit younger, a little bit behind in terms of development, just because he drafted out of high school and hasn't been—he's been injured some, but hasn't had as much professional experience. But either way, whenever those guys are ready to come up, you give them a chance. And on top of that, it's not just those guys, because you'll probably find a way if Brady House is ready to come up, you'll find a way whether it's moving Senzel to another spot, whatever the case may be, you'll find a way to get Brady House on the field. If James Wood is ready to come up, you'll find a way, whether it's moving Lane Thomas at a trade deadline or moving him in the outfield somewhere else or DHing him, you'll find a way to get him in the lineup. Same thing with Dylan Cruz. 
But I think this gives you the opportunity not just to see your top prospects, but some of the other guys that kind of get forgotten in the system that aren't a top 100 prospect around all of baseball, but are a you know top 10 prospect for the Nationals. You know, when do we see Trey Lipscomb? If you went out and signed a big-time infielder, if Trey Lipscomb's ready to come up, he's not taking someone big spot because he's not a top-five prospect in all of baseball, right? But I think he deserves a shot. And so if he's ready to come up, he can come up and play third base. We can move Senzel around. He can come up and play second base. We can move Garcia around. Robert Hassel, another guy. When's he ready to come up? When he's ready, call him up. So right now, the focus of this team has to be on the young guys. Don't block any of them. Don't block any of them. Not to say that you shouldn't fill out the roster. Not to say that, say it gets to March 20th and Michael Lorenzen is still sitting there to be signed. You wouldn't use a spot in the rotation on him. That's fine. But now I don't know that it's really the time to spend. And that's not to say that, you know, I'm getting money from ownership. I can't say anything bad. No, I will bash ownership if they don't do their job. But they're fine where they're at right now. This is a rebuild. They're being honest about it. So they don't need to spend lots and lots of money during a rebuild. They don't have to because it's all about the young guys. It's all about developing these guys. And I saw something that was interesting. We never got a real chance to to talk about this, and maybe we'll dive into it at another time. But some people were a little miffed and frustrated by looking at the Nationals farm system rankings. I think it was ESPN that put these out and they were ranked 16th. So that means you're in the bottom half of the league. And people are going to be frustrated by that because the Nationals farm system for seemingly forever has been bad. It's been one of the worst. And now it's moved up, but it's still bottom half of the league. What I'll say to that, you know, as you get some of these young guys coming up, it can't all be fixed in one year. But last year you started to see real progress. Last year, you started to see real progress, not just in the draft, not just in the entire minor league system, but all throughout all those things. In the draft last year, you obviously hit on Dylan Cruz. That's awesome. But I don't know how much credit you want to get for being second overall and hitting on your pick when there's two clear-cut guys up there, really three three clear-cut guys up there in White Langford, Dylan Cruz, and Paul Skeens. Congratulations. But Johanny Morales... Looks like he could be a stud third baseman. Maybe he could move over to first base, but got to see him. Big-time power out of Miami. Can play a good third base. Awesome. And he played well when he was brought up and played in the major, or the minor leagues. Andrew Pinckney, a guy that was taken later on in the draft. He was playing well. So seeing the guys in the draft start playing well right away for you was encouraging. And last year, in the entire minor league system, you started to see real growth out of the other guys. Seeing growth out of James Wood is awesome. That's expected, and you hope that would happen. You traded for that guy. Seeing growth out of you know Dylan Cruz or a Brady House, that's awesome. First-round guys, you kind of hope that you can get that. Really, to me, there were only two big-time names that had real disappointing seasons last year in the national system. You have a lot more Dalen Lyles and Trey Lipscomb's and guys like that, Jake Irvin, coming up to the bigs and making an impact. You had a lot more of those sorts of seasons than you did the years like Robert Hassel had last year where he struggled and people he got moved out of the top 100 prospects in Major League Baseball. Like he, was, he struggled to the point that you're like, man, this has been a real disappointing season for him. 
And Elijah Green was the other one. A top five pick. You want to see this guy be a real impact player? I mean, this is a guy that I, I know it sounds crazy at this moment, but if you looked at this national system, he might still have the highest ceiling out of all these guys, and that's including Cruz and Wood. But he's got a lot of stuff to fix, and his season was disappointing because he struck out 50% of the time. So that's got to be fixed. But it used to be with the national system that that was the type of report you got for just about everybody. And the other guys that you got reports on, well, they were going to be, what, a fifth starter, uh, a middle reliever that's going to have like a four ERA, maybe a bench player. But no, you're starting to see real impact guys. Dalen Lyle took a huge leap. Lipscomb's really close to the big leagues. Those sorts of stories were way more common than the disappointments. And so I know people are going to look at the system and say it's still not as good as it could be, and you're right, but it's not all going to be fixed in one year. It's not all of a sudden going to go from one of the worst farm systems to one of the best in a year. The trade for Juan Soto helped a lot, and that's a lot of guys that have come up to the bigs already in CJ and in McKenzie. James Wood obviously helps out. Robert Hassel and Susanna obviously help out. But they also started to hit on some of their draft picks like you saw last year with Dylan Cruz and Pinckney and Morales and hopefully Travis Sikora. So seeing those sorts of things give you hope that it might be trending in the right direction. So if someone's down on the farm system, I get it. But at least last year gave you hope that they're headed in the right direction. Take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up with a final segment. I want to take a look though, at why I think next offseason might be the right time for ownership to really open up the checkbooks. We'll talk about that next here on The Fan. Final couple minutes here at Overtime 106.7 The Fan before we turn it over to Charlie and Dave down in West Palm Beach for Nat Spring Training Live. Make sure you keep it tuned here. For that, they'll talk with DJ Hurst, the pitcher acquired in the trade with Jamer Candelario last year, and also Stone Garrett. I love Stone Garrett. Great guy. Really started to come on last year. Sucked to see an injury. Like one of those, one of those dudes that you really become attached to as a fan, and an injury just really guts you. It's kind of what that felt like. So hopefully he can come back and play as well as he did right before that injury. But as we wrap up here, I wanted to talk about this because we talked about how I don't know that it's necessarily the right time just yet to really open up the checkbooks, but I think next offseason could be that time. I know a lot of fans are frustrated that they're not spending, the new the ownership group is not spending, and that's fine. You can all have your opinions, and that's fine. I can fully understand it. You want to get back to a team that's winning baseball games, and I do too. But I think these young guys are going to get a chance to come up this year and play whether it's Cruz and Wood, maybe even a house, maybe it's a Lipscomb, maybe it's a Hassel. But I think a lot of young guys are going to get to play this year. That's why I'm so excited about this season. It's not just the old guard that you're used to that struggled over the last couple of years. It's a lot of young guys that I think are going to get meaningful playing time this season for the Nats. But if you look at next year, it is absurd how much money they're going to have to spend because they're not spending anything on the roster. This year, their total payroll is $90.1 million. 90.1. Not big, obviously. Not a big payroll at all. But only $90.1 million. Next year, it's only 28.9. So next year, if you want to sign a guy 
for $35, $40 million a year, you can do it, and you're still not even coming close to what you are paying this year. And so next year in free agency, a Corbin Burns hits the market, and you need another starter. Go spend it. Go do it. Because that's the time to do it. You'll see Cade Cavalli this year. See what he can be in the rotation. You'll have another year of Gore taking that step. You'll have another year of Josiah Gray taking that step. You'll have another year of Cabert Ruiz and C.J. Abrams. You'll probably get a glimpse at what Dylan Cruz and James Wood are like in the big leagues. They'll get their feet wet at least, right? And they'll start to establish themselves as big leaguers. That's going to be awesome. Then you start really making those signings to go over the top. Because last year, the team overachieved in a lot of ways. I don't, Davey and the guys aren't going to say that, but the expectations for that team were so low, so, so low. And then last year in the second half, they were only two games under 500. They ended up winning 71 games when people were thinking they were going to lose 100 games again. So for them to do what they did, they took that step. Now it's about taking that next step. And that's what this year's about. Seeing if you can replicate last year's second half and have a good season, getting to maybe 75 wins or maybe even trying to get really close to that 500 mark, taking that next step if you're on the roster, and then having those young guys come up and be that spark and be that difference maker. The guys that you're talking about coming up aren't just any old prospects. It is a Dylan Cruz, who's a top 10 prospect in all of baseball. It is a James Wood, who's a top 15 prospect in all of baseball. At some point, Brady House, who's a top 50 prospect, in all of baseball. As a matter of fact, I think he's too low. I would have him up there in that same sort of category with some of those guys. So seeing where these guys are at currently, and then adding in some of the youth, the DJ Hurst, who's going to be on Nat Spring Training Live with the guys here in just a couple of minutes, adding in some of that youth when you already have a team that's starting to trend in the right direction, and then you have Patrick Corbin's contract come off the books, and you're only spending $29 million next season. That's when you can open up the checkbooks. When the team is really starting to show flashes and it's not anymore just about, oh, it's a nice story. They're starting to get things figured out. No, it's, all right, this team is building something. Because last year, that's kind of what it was, right? The, the, the second half, okay, they're starting to get things going in the right direction. That's awesome. But frankly, 71 wins still isn't a great season. Just in terms of wins and losses, it's not. You're still 20 games under 500. But this team... This year, takes the next step, maybe wins 75 games, maybe gets close to that 500 mark. Suddenly, you're sniffing the playoffs. Suddenly, suddenly you're getting closer. And guess what? I don't want to count this team out either. Look at what happened last year with the Cincinnati Reds. They weren't supposed to be that great. They call up some of their young guys, and they were awesome right out of the gate. All of a sudden, that team was competing for a playoff spot. So I don't even want to count this team out because it's a totally different energy around this baseball team because of the youth. So... Who knows what they do this season, and I'm fine with them not spending huge in free agency this season because you're going to get to see these young guys, and they're not blocked by anybody. Next year, though, open up the checkbooks. Let's get this thing going in the right direction. So I think that next year is really the time, and if, you know, if you're really frustrated with ownership or whatever the case may be, and they don't spend next year, then that's a real conversation we can have. Because then that's a problem, considering their payroll right now is a third of what it is this year going into next year. Then, yeah, that's totally fine if they don't open up the checkbooks then. But this year, I'll live with it. I'm all right with everything. But I'm excited about the future of this Nationals baseball team. I think you look at the roster of guys that you have that could be here for the next four, five, six years and the guys that are coming, a lot to be excited about. 
Not just nobodies, not just guys that might make a little impact. No, real impact type players. All-star caliber talent is heading to your Washington Nationals. The youth movement is alive and well for the Nats. And keep it tuned right here to the fan. Nats Spring Training Live with Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler comes up in just a couple of minutes. Appreciate my guy Donald doing all the hard work behind the scenes. I'm Toby Altizer. Keep it tuned right here to the fan. Nats Spring Training Live comes up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.